Hello, everyone. This is Jackson Swear, entrepreneur and navigator for Startup Hutch, and your host for The Hot Seat. This month, I sat down with Ashley and Zachary Carson, co-owners of Axit Up. Axit Up is a new startup business in downtown Hutchinson. It features axe-throwing lanes and much more. The Carson spoke to me about their journey to get this business going, which started just a little over a year ago. Along the way, they had many mentors, but benefited especially from speaking to other people who had started similar businesses in other areas. They also spoke to me about the importance of developing relationships with other professionals in the areas of insurance, marketing, and accounting. Along the way, they've tried several experiments, including developing a new mobile unit. I think listeners who are interested in starting up their own business, and also just anyone who wants to hear the story of a new startup, will find lots of lessons in the Carson story, and I hope that you'll give it a listen. To get us going, can you tell everyone your names and the name of your business? I am Ashley. I am Zachary. And we own Axit Up Hutch. All right. So we've got the Carsons here today and the owners of Axit Up Hutch. Now, tell me, when did you start this business? We started back in January of 2022, um, went down to Oklahoma for a reptile expo and Ashley wanted to do something fun for us um, just besides going down for a reptile expo. And so uh, she asked if we wanted to go axe throwing for the first time. So we did that, enjoyed it, loved it. Um, So that started the process in January and the LLC became official um, actually on my birthday, um, May 3rd. So it's just right over a year now that we've had the LLC official. Awesome. Congratulations. So that that uh, tells us a little bit about what the business is and Axe It Up Hutch uh, gives us a little hint. But why don't you tell folks about what the kind of the primary business here at Axe It Up Hutch. So we are a axe throwing venue where people come in and spend their money to learn how to throw axes. We have five traditional lanes and two projector lanes and we coach them we show them how to throw and we watch them throw and then they get to have fun on their own awesome okay so so tell me what makes a lane a traditional lane so the traditional lanes we call them those because they are painted on and they have a stencil and then the projectors the opposite so same wood same axes but a projector projects the images on. Okay, cool. So what are, are there different games that you can play on the digital one? How, what is the, what's the idea behind having the digital projection onto the wood rather than having the traditional painted target that you're throwing at? The projector has eight different games. There are tic-tac-toe, zombies, bowling, a countdown. There's one where the bullseye moves around the board. So that one's a fun one. There are two official targets, kind of similar to our traditional lanes. I think that's about it. That, yeah, on our projector lanes, that is. On the traditional lanes, we do have some games that we can introduce. 21, kind of like darts, um, six throws or less. Try to get the closest to 21. 
Um, we do have another game called Round the World. Um, it's a little bit more challenging of a game, so if you're a little bit better or have gone extra uh, before, we can um, introduce that game. So you start off on one, you have to get a one before you advance on to a two, three, four. So you're going across the board from left to right. And um, so that's that's a fun game. Well, cool. So, so it sounds like there's a lot of different things that you can do uh, on an on an axe throwing lane. Maybe some things yeah. that that folks wouldn't have thought of. So, tell me a little more about what inspired you to start this business for yourself. Is is entrepreneurship something that you had in mind already, or did you just go to an axe throwing place and think, "Hey, Hutch <laughs> needs to have this"? You know, kind of what what's the background on story on that before you got going? Um, Zach has done some construction work on the side along with his uh, daytime job. And so he kind of had an idea of some things about how it works and everything. And we kind of went and we decided it would be great. And it went along with Hutchinson. We love it here. And we knew that there was more that we needed here. So with his limited knowledge, we did decide that we needed to look more into something else. Okay, so let's pick the story up from the time in between January and when you formed the LLC in May. So what were you all doing to get prepared? What did that look like? Uh, were you developing some business plans? Um, how, how did you approach starting the business? What we did was Googled a lot. We looked at how to create a business plan. Uh, we started rewriting it and thinking and thinking about it a lot. Uh, we did a couple name changes at that time as well. We met with Jackson and on May 5th, so a year ago today, and we got great ideas from you on um, just what our next step should be. And we went to another venue, kind of looked around as we went to throw and uh, had some fun and just kind of casually looked around and tried to get some ideas on what it looks like and what, it, what would be involved with uh, starting our own place. So talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you needed to learn. I would imagine in addition to the kind of some of the business financial side of it, you're also, there's different kinds of axes, maybe different kinds of wood you could use. How were you able to figure that out? Um, do you have some good mentors in the industry that you talk to? As far as the day-to-day -day operations, I mean, we kind of knew how that would run. Um, the, the back office, I should say, we had or are still learning um, the tax side of things, the reservation systems that we have, um, all that kind of stuff. We're still really kind of learning on that. We did hire a mentor. His name is Miguel Tamburini. He was an um, number one ranked axe thrower in 2018-2019. So he is with the WATL, which is the World Axe Throwing League, or Waddle for short. And so, so we hired him to come down from Spokane, Washington, give us his training on how he teaches other people to throw axes, um, his back office, how he runs his venues, and all that kind of stuff. So at first, I was very skeptical of hiring him just because I, I seen it as another number as the money side of things like, um, okay, we're going to pay X amount of dollars for this gentleman to come down. What am I going to get out of it? And 
come to find out that was a very, very, very good training. Worth our time and yeah. money. Yeah, it was worth the time and money to have him come down. So we were very grateful for that. In the process of having him come down, he actually started his axe throwing career down in Oklahoma. Um, so he has good friends down in Oklahoma that he actually invited because he was so close to them. We did not realize this when we had hired him. So he brought three other venue owners with him. And so one is Jason, which is the owner of Got Wood down in Oklahoma City. Mac, he's the owner of... Mac's Axe House yes, in thank Fort you. Scott. And also Brandon, which is the owner of Dragner's Axe Throwing House in Texas. So um, that was very good to see them, to see different perspectives of their venues and all that. Um, as far as the wood axes, stuff like that, there is three different style of uh, wood that you can use. In our venue, we use cottonwood rounds at the very beginning. And so if you think about that, that's a, a six inch slab out of the middle of a trunk that we would hang up on all seven lanes. And we got them from a local tree company here in Hutchison. And he, so he provided those for us. Um, since then, he has kind of ran out through the winter of what his supply had. So we had to go to what they call cottonwood planks. Um, so that's what we currently have up. We're getting them currently from Mac out in Fort Scott. Um, so one of the gentlemen that came down that, that day with that training. So cottonwood is the most popular one, which it's pretty, we can get that through Kansas because it's the state tree. Poplar, which you can't really get that in Kansas because there's not a whole lot of poplar here in Kansas. And then pine. We would like to work with a local sawmill and get it closer because um, Fort Scott's about three and a half hours one way. And by the time we get there, load, get back, you're, you're eating up a whole day's worth of time and travel and everything else. So Ashley, anything to add about that, uh, that journey and the things that you were learning when you were doing all the Googling? <laughs> Don't trust everything you read. There's a lot of a lot of things you might read that you think would be the right thing to do, but there's better ways to do it. Any specific <laughs> examples in mind that you could, you know, forewarn a listener who's thinking about starting something? Something that you maybe tried that didn't work or something that you almost did that you were glad you didn't? Pick the name really well that you're going to name your business. Hmm, so let's talk about that. What was your approach to... Picking a name, and I know you you have a kind of a logo mm -hmm. um, and a branding. What was your approach to branding this new startup? So um, very early on, I went to Etsy, and I found somebody, and it was like $40, and they quickly drew up something. We just needed something because we were going to be in the parade, and we had nothing, and I'm not very skilled with that. So we came up with this very simple-looking logo and name, and when Miguel came out to visit us, he was like, you need something better. So we definitely had to adjust and fix that. So I started looking for a graphic artist and I found one through Instagram, which sounds weird, but he's very well known. He does all kinds of um, covers for music. Like albums? Yes, albums. albums. Yeah. And especially like in the rap 
kind of scene and things like that. And so we sent him what we would like and he kind of gave us a sketch and we loved it. And that's how we came up with our dragon logo. And we really love how he looks and how well it turned out, but it's very complex. So we also had to go with a more simple logo. Um, the, the dragon's nice, but when you have them on a t-shirt or on the back of your truck or on stickers, it's just, you lose some of the detail from far away. So we use a more simple logo that has just a target and an ax on it with our name for most of the promoting and things like that now. All right, so you found that you've got, got to have a good name, you've got to have a then kind of different kinds of logos, right? Mm -hmm. For different uses, that's, that's good. I think that's good insight for folks. You know, one of the other things that I like to ask new startups is what some of the uh, obstacles and kind of challenges that you ran into in the early stages were and how you went about uh, getting over those obstacles to actually start your business. I think that sometimes people get kind of started down the path to opening a business and then they get stuck somewhere. Well, you've clearly gotten through all of the getting stuck parts, at least at the beginning here. So what were some of those early uh, hardships or struggles that you faced and how did you overcome them? I know for us, with the type of business we are, we had to find the right insurance. You can't just go to your local um, insurance place on the corner and get axe-throwing insurance. So we had to find the right person that has the right kind of coverage. So we actually go through a broker that is called axe-throwinginsurance.com. Hmm. So Interesting. He, yeah. yeah. So he really knows what he's doing. He links up with insurances that he knows and trusts, and he knows that they are going to cover you if somebody's hurt and it's not on page 20 of the book that it does not cover accidents caused by an ex. So he knows what he's doing. He's very good and knowledgeable and we can ask him questions anytime we have a concern. So that was kind of a hurdle, but with his help, we were quickly able to get the insurance. And then another one of our struggles has been taxes. Figuring out taxes, I think, is a hard part of a business that not a lot of people talk about. You kind of, all of a sudden you have this business and you have all this money coming in and coming out and you're like, what do we do with it? Mm -hmm. You have to find the right person. And it did take quite a while for us to find a person uh, locally. We went with a nationwide business at first. We spent a lot of money on them and nothing happened. We never got emails. We never got access to our portal or anything like that. So we had to fight to get our money back and cancel with that company. And then we called a couple local companies, waited for phone calls back, and finally settled on the company who's really been helping us. Well, I'm glad you were able to find some good good local help with that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good insight for folks as well. You know, you have to build a team around you of other professionals, but and if there are different aspects of it that you uh, can't do yourselves, then you need to get help with that. You mentioned mm -hmm. the designer part earlier mm -hmm. uh, too. You know, some people might think, hey, when I'm just getting started, I'll draw my own logo. If you're a creative <laughs> person and you want to try to do that, you know, maybe that'll work for you. Maybe you can do, update the logo three or four years in when you got a little bit of money to spend on that. That that wasn't you, so you had to spend a little money up front mm -hmm. on that. Got to find a good accountant. But the good thing is you got great resources, so you, you can go get the wood, and you can you, you can do some of those things yourselves, right? So yeah. mm -hmm. that's uh, what are you finding are the things about the business that you like the, to do the most? At first, I would say seeing the smiles on everybody's faces. Um, people that's not able to do this day to day. They've never thrown an ax or they have in the past and seeing the different venues on how they train. So like 
if they went to a different venue in a different town and they say, hey, I've thrown so-and-so place. Okay, cool. Well, we're going to train you the way we train everybody. And so they wasn't succeeding at that facility or that venue. And then they come here and they can stick the axe in the wood repetitively or continuously. And they're like, that's cool that you can look at what the axe is physically doing. And if it's hitting head or handle, we can adjust that person based off of what we're seeing because we have that training from Miguel. So I think at the very beginning, yeah, I was skeptical of, of hiring him, but in the long run, that has helped us tremendously to know the customer's experience overall is going to be good. It's gonna be, they're gonna feel like they succeeded in throwing axes when they hadn't maybe had that at another venue, so. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's not uh, it's not just trivial to throw an ax down a lane and get it to stick into the wood in the target, in, even at all, uh, let alone hitting where you're trying to hit on the target. Um, how how many throws do you think it takes after you've, after you've kind of trained them and given them some tips? How many throws do you think it takes for somebody to get the ax to stick in the wood? So our goal using Miguel's program was three throws or less. And generally, we can get it within the third throw up to the fifth throw, probably. Okay. Yeah. So pretty fast, right? Yes. So just so so people can learn quickly if, and then start having fun. If they're willing to work with us and they're willing to listen and try new things. Some people come in and they're set on, I can do this myself. And so we step back and we let them. Often they don't succeed. And depending on their, I don't want to say ego, but sometimes it is that depending <laughs> on their ego. Um, it's up to them if they will let us coach them. And especially as a woman, some people will not let me coach and will not listen as much. But generally, we don't have too many problems with that. Well, that's good to hear that you don't have too many problems with that. And I suppose it's just to their own detriment, right? Yes. Because they're uh, if, if they're not going to stick it, the axe in the wood, then they're probably not going to have as quite a good yeah. time. Yeah. Um, now we're sitting here actually in your place. So thank you for inviting us in today. Mm -hmm. And I can see around me that in addition to a lot of these lanes, that you've got quite a lot of other things in here. Some uh, lots of other activities for parties and groups to do. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about that. What made you decide to add more than just the axe throwing lanes? Uh, how did you decide <laughs> what else to add and how has that impacted your business? So based on the way that our building is built, we knew that we could only put lanes on one side of it because of the ceiling. We needed to have the tall ceiling where the axe throwing lanes are, and it drops down to a shorter ceiling on the other side, which is a pretty good amount of the building. So we knew that we couldn't have lanes there, so we brainstormed on what else can we put there. So we started out with our little lounge area, has a nice soft couches all kinds of board games and card games and a TV. And then the building owner loaned us his pool table. So that's kind of the central focus over there. It's a very nice pool table. And then we added, um, we have foosball and air hockey. They are more of the kid's size versions right now. We're hoping to be able to upgrade eventually. And then we have picnic tables, which has giant Jenga and all kinds of games can be carted over there. We call that the party area. All of this is included with your axe throwing. 
So after you throw, you can stay however long you want and hang out over there. It is also offered as a free thing anytime. You don't have to come necessarily and pay to throw an axe. You can come and just play pool. So we feel like that's an important investment to town because there's not a lot of places you can play pool that have this kind of an environment if you need a special place outside of like a bar scene. Cool. Well, that's great. And that's great to know. Uh, great for listeners uh, to be aware of, too, that, you know, you can just come down and experience the environment and be, maybe buy a snack or two mm-hmm. from the concession stand and enjoy your time and maybe maybe watch some axe throwing, maybe pick that up, maybe not on any given day. Um, that's a great kind of service and mm-hmm. opportunity that you're providing yep. uh, to the community. Um, so what if... Uh, what have been some of your early successes? Have uh, how are things going? Are things going well? What's your biggest party? Is anything that you'd like to like to brag about a little bit? If I can give you a chance to to <laughs> to, to, to brag on yourselves. So the first weekend we were open, we had a church church youth group that came in, and that was fifty kids, so twenty five um, girls, twenty five boys. So that was the first weekend we were ever open. Second day. Second day, yeah. So (laughs) it was very new to us still as far as the training, how to help people, all that. And so what we did is we had the girls throw first. The boys just played pool table, the air hockey, kind of just hang out in the lounge area. And so they had, it was a three-hour party. So we had an hour and a half of girls throwing. We trained them. We coached them. Uh, we played some games with them. And then we switched. So the boys were able to have the last hour and a half. And if I recall correctly, the boys only threw for probably about 45 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. And then they got tired. Yeah. So the boy or the, yeah, the boys kind of. They took over the pool table again after that yeah so. and so the fun. girls came back over <laughs> took the rest of the time and started throwing because they really enjoyed it and it was very fun um very open eyes eyes opener for that just because we were had a lot of training a lot of um coaching that day so it really ingrained in uh, to us um what we needed to look for based off the training we received just a couple days prior that sounds great. So you start started off strong there, got a, a little bit of trial by fire, having to train 50 uh, church youth group yes. uh, kids. Um, now, you mentioned parties as well. What would you say is your like split between individual groups and larger parties renting out the space? How does that work for you all? So we were open on the weekends, and that's when our just anybody can come in with a reservation or a walk-in. And I think the largest for those can normally we have about 12 occasionally come in and just show up for our private parties we book those during the week in the evenings we do a lot of those as business events so team building and with those we average probably about 30 people between 12 and 30 but we've gone up to 50 and uh, when we do those it's a lot of fun so we offer, it's a discount and it's a two hour event and we have a trophy that's involved. So we start out by coaching and there's some free throwing. So you just enjoy yourself. And then we go into a game that we call bingo. 
So they'll break into tables between the five traditional lanes and they play around a bingo. And then we finish it up with blackout with the same card, but we don't tell them. So it's kind of a strategy thing. Then they have more free time to throw and hang out. And then we go into a game we call Survivor. <clears throat> with Survivor, yeah, the goal is just to stick the axe in the wood. And if you drop it, you're out. And so we take five groups at a time, find the winner, five group or five people in a group find the winner and then those winners go against each other and then there's one main winner at the end who gets the trophy cool so it's a lot of team building and just a lot of fun we take big group photos they bring in their own food and they just really enjoy themselves that's great sounds like you're you're creating a great uh, fun environment for business groups for families um, all of the above i want to sort of broaden it out a little bit to business in general. What are some lessons that you've learned uh, so far as an entrepreneur that you would want to pass on to somebody else who was just getting started? I would say uh, do your research in your town. Um, See what the community is looking for. Um, If you don't have a a thing that you actually know what you want to do, like um, a certain topic or anything like that, find something that, that you're town needs that you also enjoy and and go after it yeah you're gonna have hurdles to come over finding the right building finding yeah everything that you need to do what you're going after i think there's there's two really good pieces of advice in there one is that what you want to do in business has to be a good fit for your community and there have to be customers for it right you can't just start something and and if if no one wants it then you won't have any customers so uh, so you spend some time to do some research and be thinking about what does this community not have and can what can we bring and then the second thing that i heard you say there that i think is is really great advice is that it, you do have to do the planning, but it, then it, then you have to start executing and actually do it. And you just have to have both parts of that. You have to do the research and you have to do the executing. And at some point you have to just go do it. And um, I think that it's great that you all have got this started here. I, I know you have uh, plans for continuous improvement. You were mentioning, you know, continuing to get an upgrade on the foosball tables mm-hmm. and some things like that. So you're continuing to try to make it a better and better environment for folks. And I think you mentioned just before we started recording that you've also added a new mobile unit to the business. So that's a that's maybe a little bit unique. One more thing about your business. I think it might be might be interesting for uh, listeners to learn more about that. So what's this mobile unit idea? So we have had it about a month now. We've done two events so far. What it is is it's axe throwing on a trailer. So it has two throwing lanes and we can travel anywhere. We can go up to 20 miles included with the price, or we can add on a little bit of a fee to travel farther than that. We have two ways that we can set it up. One is that the business pays us to set up for a a set amount of time, or we can go to like a community event and do what we call pay to throw. So you pay a certain amount of money, you throw a certain amount of times. Mm -hmm. So that seems like a great new potential revenue stream for you all. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm intrigued to hear how that goes. And I think there's another important lesson for entrepreneurs in there as well, which is that you should always be trying to experiment and trying new things. And I think that's a great, uh, a great motto to live by. 
and something that we want to try to encourage people to do here at Startup Hutch. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about your business or about entrepreneurship that you really uh, have a burning desire to make sure listeners know before I let us go? <laughs> I think as far as our business goes, um, we feel like Axe Throwing is for everyone. We've had people who are handicapped, um, whether they had a walker or they were in a wheelchair. One person was on crutches and had one leg, and he still was able to succeed and do amazing. Um, We work with anybody that's over the age of 10 to teach them how to throw an axe. And if you're younger than that, they're still welcome to come in. We kind of show them the safety lines, and we talk about how we don't cross those lines. And they can hang out and play any of the games on the other side or just sit and watch and hang out. That's great. Big, big family fun here in downtown Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, and to boot, it is, it is right across the street from the brewery. Yes. So if people want to go <laughs> grab a beer, uh, uh, that's that's not on you and not on your insurance. <laughs> well, but actually, right now we do offer BYOB. Uh, oh, very mm-hmm. good. That's yep. another good thing to know. Thank yes. you. I'm glad we got that yep. in there. We try to limit to about two drinks per person if we can. Um, we're hoping to be able to serve later this fall when we have some different laws in town. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, we'll have to look forward to that and, and see how that develops over time. Thank you so much, Zachary and Ashley, for taking the time to chat with me today and share a little bit with me and with our community about this new startup. I'm really excited for all of you and excited for Hutch and all of the wonderful new businesses that are, that are going on here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And also thank you to our listeners for tuning in. I also need to thank Bowercom for the cover art and Christopher Acker and Salt City Sound for help with recording and posting the podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Startup Hutch, you can find us on our website, startuphutch.com, or on most social media platforms at Startup Hutch. We hope that if you're a business owner, you'll also consider joining the Startup Hutch Idea Exchange, our private Facebook group where small business owners in Reno County can share ideas about business and ask each other questions. Finally, I hope that you'll do us a favor by sharing the podcast and also by letting us know if there's anybody that you'd like to have on the podcast in the future. You can reach us either in the comment section on Facebook or by using the contact page on our website. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time. 